In today's episode, we'll be focusing on the importance of identifying our own triggers so we can become better equipped in managing them rather than allowing them to escalate our disagreements. As part of our show today, we'll be guiding you through an exercise that we usually do with our coaching clients. And as we do, we'll be sharing with you some of our own triggers. Oh boy. With the aim of empowering you with tools to better navigate conflicts in your own relationship. Did you know the average couple waits six years to get help in their marriage? Yeah, that's six years of pain, hurt, and frustration. Hi there, I'm Charlotte Snow. And I'm Robert Snow. And welcome to Master Your Marriage. Where we believe that having an amazing marriage should never feel like hard work and shouldn't be a guessing game. This is the show for married couples who want to discover a scientifically proven approach to building a masterful marriage and have fun while doing it. So if that's you, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. So I think this is going to be a really good episode. I think so. I think it's going to be really helpful. So I think we've all experienced triggers in our relationships. It's that feeling of being catapulted out of our body into a state that feels, well, very out of control. And this is usually when our communication begins to break down and everything goes sideways. Yeah. We get defensive. We fight back or we just storm out of the room. Yep. And when we don't understand what's going on and we don't understand our triggers, we, we tend to repeat them. We tend to repeat these same behaviors over and over again, which can obviously be really harmful to our relationship. Triggers are like our emotional baggage that we bring into our relationship. And if we don't take the time to unpack our own baggage, we then blame our partner when they trip over the bags that we've left in the middle of the room. <laughs> and then we love to blame our reactions on our partners when they just trip over our own baggage. Exactly. So let's start by defining what triggers are. Okay. All right. So I think first we need to probably point out that we all have triggers. Oh, yeah. Everybody has triggers. Some triggers are small and other triggers can be almost debilitating. Triggers are emotional and physical reactions to some external factor that's in our environment but they stem from our past events. They come from past either major traumas or micro traumas from our past. Yeah. In fact, um, you know, it's interesting. They can even stem from things that as an adult now looking back, they seem it seems like these insignificant things that may have happened in our past. But at the time, we perceived those things as really emotionally painful or fearful back then. Or those things that we feel like, oh, we've dealt with that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then it creeps back in. Yeah, and it creeps back in. So this is really important. The trigger you're experiencing likely isn't related to your partner. Mm -hmm. I want to say that again. The trigger you're experiencing likely isn't related to your partner. Nope. It's something that happened in our environment, which we've assigned a certain meaning to. And this meaning is based on something that has happened to us in our past. Yeah, that's a really good point. And a trigger likely stems from something that happened a long time ago, probably even before you even met each other. It could be something like, you know, Robert and I are talking and he doesn't make eye contact with me. Oh, and yep. all of a sudden I assign some meaning, meaning like, oh, he doesn't think I'm important, right? That's, that's my assigned meaning, not necessarily reality. So regardless of when the original event happened, the trigger is deeply uncomfortable in the present moment. Mm -hmm. In essence, 
the old experience is brought back to life to re-traumatize the person who is actually experiencing it. All over again. All over again. Yeah. I think it's also important to point out that we may not have a clear conscious memory of that original event that happened. Like yeah. we talked about last week, the, uh, the unconscious mind is what's responsible for storing our memories. And it sometimes will suppress these old memories out of protection in order to keep us safe until we're ready to be able to process them. Or until it shows up again in yeah. a conflict conversation. Yeah. So we may not have a memory of why this trigger actually exists. Absolutely. So a trigger can be set off by any of the five senses, something you see, you hear, you touch, you smell, you taste, which means it can be a tone of voice or a particular topic of conversation mm -hmm. or really any external stimulus. Anything. Yeah. Triggers don't really feel logical, which is why they can be so confusing. But we have to remember that our body is not responding to the present situation. It's responding to old wounds. And the body holds on to these old memories, even though we think that we've moved on. Yeah. It's a memory that's stored in the body, right? Yeah. And there's also a possibility of a generational pattern that can be involved in these triggers as yeah, well, which is really, really interesting yeah. stuff. So you had an interesting sensation, just an experience where you were triggered just not, not that long ago, right? I did. Um, I think it's interesting because it really depends, as I think about a couple of instances in the past when I've been triggered, um, it depends on whether I'm being triggered into fight or whether I'm being triggered into flee Right. right. Fight, fight or flight. Or flight. Yep. And my body responds differently to either of those. So the first time I actually remember ever in my life being triggered, at least that I can consciously remember, I was in high school mm -hmm. and I was at a basketball game. I was sitting in the bleachers and some mean girls sat behind me and they started to say some very mean and hurtful things and making fun of me and feeling stupid, which is a common theme you'll hear tonight. Mm -hmm. We've heard that. Yeah. <laughs> right. And um and in that moment, this weird sensation happened. It's the first time I remember it happening where my eyes flicker and it's almost like they go side to side really rapidly so that my eyes blur and my tongue almost feels like it swells and it's hard to talk. And it's, a, it's, an, it's an interesting sensation. It has been a pattern that I've noticed when my body goes into fight. And that's what I wanted to do. I was feeling ra enraged and angry and I wanted to turn around and pick a fight. So that's my fight response. That's your like your normal go to when you get triggered into into fight. fight. Yeah. So what? Tell me the story about the airplane. Oh, so that was recently. That was like two months ago, and super strange experience because I this was a brand new trigger that has never come up for me before, um, that I can remember. Right. But and I'm, I'm we were on an airplane, and I'm actually a very calm and. Yeah. easy flyer. I don't, I don't, I have a problem with flying whatsoever. Turbulence is like a Disneyland ride, whatever, bring it on. I usually just sit there and work on my computer, watch a movie. But in this particular instance, Robert was on my left. I was sitting middle seat, which again, isn't normally a problem. That's kind of where I usually sit because you usually sit aisle. And there was a gentleman to my right. And for whatever reason, he really triggered me. I don't know if it was a smell. I don't know if it was his leg kept rubbing against my leg, and I think that that's probably what it was. But the point is that I went into full-on flee. Like, I had to get out of that situation. I found myself unable to breathe in a full panic attack and wanting to run. And I had to get out of that seat in order to be able to breathe and find a new seat on that plane. I remember that. You said, I'm just going to go sit somewhere else. And I was 
I was a little perplexed because you've never really, you always prefer to sit next to me and oh, put your head on my shoulder yeah. on a plane rather than sit somewhere else. So. No, but I felt like I was suffocating and yeah. I had to get out of that spot. So it, it's something I'm still trying to figure out and something I'm trying to work through, but it's a really recent experience where I was triggered and went through all of those feelings and sensations. And this was your flight emotion. That was my, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. flight. Yeah, okay, run, cool. Trying to run. Learning new things about Charlotte today. I'd never heard the basketball story before either. Mm. Ah, so much mm. fun. Okay, so back to your relationship. What we're going to do is help you identify your individual triggers, especially those that are escalated within your conflict discussions. And why are we going to do that? Well, even if we have all the positive affect systems on in place, like a great friendship, great sex, great passion, appreciation, deep and meaningful connection, the one thing it can derail all of those things is conflict. That's for sure. And when we get triggered in our relationship, we often find ourselves resorting to like the four horsemen, for example, oh, yeah. maybe something like contempt or criticism or defensiveness. And then that will just end up causing the conflict to escalate more. And that's going to create more problems, more distance, more resentment, right? And, and really, to get to a place where we can have difficult conversations and manage conflict with a high level of skill, we need a lot of emotional intelligence. Yes, for sure. And I think at its most basic level, what emotional intelligence is, it, it begins with our ability to recognize and to recover from our own triggers. I, I say that again. I like that. I, I think what um, if we really look at what emotional intelligence is it's our ability to recognize and to recover and how long it takes us to recover from our own triggers yeah that's good one more key point here charla and i are going to be identifying our own triggers um, and you may want to identify your own triggers as well however and this is important learning to identify your own triggers is not for the purpose of getting your partner to stop triggering you mm-hmm -mm. No, it's not to change our partner or to change something about them, like their tone of voice or their choice of words or their way their eyes move. It, that's just not fair. It's not realistic to expect right. them to change. And also that would just be super disempowering to expect our partner to change when empowerment comes from us taking personal responsibility for our own emotional reactions. So... When getting mad at your partner when they tripped over your emotional baggage you left in the middle of the room? Yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So we do this exercise that we're going to do right now um, to help us learn how to be more emotionally regulated. And we do this so that we can grow as a couple because understanding our triggers helps us to take control of the trigger instead of the trigger taking control of us. Absolutely. So while it might be convenient, to push the responsibility onto the other person, they triggered me. It's really our own past that needs to be healed. Okay, are you ready to identify some triggers? I think I am. Okay, here's how you'll do it at home and we're going to do it here. Okay. First, take a minute to think about past events, conversations that left you feeling particularly or emotionally upset, like that one thing that really just spins you up. Mm -hmm. Ask yourself what specifically causes or caused that emotional response and why it has affected you so deeply. And you'll probably want to pay attention to, I think, and notice um, as you're thinking back at, at times when this has happened to you, be aware of what physical reactions you may have had as well. Just because 
those can be a, a tell, you know, just like I ex explained with what my fight tell is, right, where my eyes flicker, you may have a tell as well. So pay attention, like, does my, my jaw clench or does my heart rate increase? If you can remember times when you've had those sensations, that will be a clear indication to you that you've had a trigger. So once you think of your triggers, then what you're going to do is you're going to share back and forth with your partner, like Robert and I will demonstrate, what that trigger was and what exactly you were experiencing or feeling in that moment. Yeah, I think that I, I think sharing the feelings in that moment were are really the important part. And I, because as we share these feelings back and forth, I start to develop empathy for the things about her that I didn't know. Exactly. So, and you can take that as deep as, as you want, right? Yeah, you can absolutely. share the experience and, and the feeling, but you can really go back and link that feeling back to childhood experiences and help your partner really understand, depending on how deep you want to go with your conversations. Yeah, this, is, this is really about developing your love map for them, understanding your partner better. Mm -hmm. So in our coaching, in our online course, this we take couples through this and we have them go back and forth, identifying the triggers, the feelings associated, and then whatever backstory that they want to share. Yep. And the listener's job, if you're the listener, is just to listen, not to judge, not to justify. Not it's, to fix. Nope. It's not. It, you don't say things like, well, that's a stupid trigger. I don't know why that would bother you. Or, well, that's not what I was doing. I was doing this. Right. So don't correct, judge what they're telling you. Just try to just really seek to be under, understanding and curious and just to listen. That's all. Yep. And. You know, while we're working on this, the answer really is seek to understand and let your first response be your breath. Yeah. 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 This is vulnerable work. And when we're vulnerable, I, I am reminded of what Brene Brown once said. She said, vulnerability is the birthplace of love, belonging, joy, courage, empathy, and creativity. It is the source of hope, empathy, accountability, and authenticity. Mm. And it isn't always easy. This is work. And it may not be easy to listen to your partner's triggers because it relates to you. And there might be an instinct that triggers you. Their trigger might trigger you, right? Hearing these things. Mm -hmm. And you might have an instinct to get defensive. But realistically, if you can just take the breath, listen, and learn to understand each other's wounds and scars you'll become much more empathetic and you'll be a more supportive partner. Absolutely. Okay. So we thought about this in advance and we've written down a couple triggers for each of us. Yeah. And we're going to share ours back and forth and you can do this at home. So in the interest of, in the interest of time, we're just going to do one or two and you can do as many as you like. Yeah. Okay. So who's going first? I've written down, I've written down two or three. Okay. And We'll demonstrate it. You guys can do 20 if you want this weekend, but we'll just do a couple. Okay. So you, you want me to go first? You want to go first? I want you to go first. Always. You okay. do a great job. You do a great job of leading out. <laughs> okay. So there is this thing that your eyes do, and I know this isn't logical. It's just my trigger, mm -hmm. but there's this thing that your eyes do when I'm telling you something really important and they, they kind of go into peripheral vision. They get sort of glazed over. And it looks like you're looking through me rather than at my eyes, like kind of a deer in headlights. And is this when you ask me, where did I go? <laughs> then when I, I like, Robert, are you there? Yeah. Anybody home? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> and then when I see it, the feelings that I feel are yeah. usually I feel defensive. 
Um, I think that's the number one thing I feel. It's like, hey, I'm telling you something really important right here. You know, why aren't you listening to me? And you always can come back and quote me exactly what I just said. So I know you're listening, but I feel like you're not listening because I can't make eye contact with you. So I get defensive and I feel like maybe my ideas don't matter or that I really probably I don't matter. I'm not important enough for you to make eye contact with me. So that's where my my thoughts and my feelings go. Mm-hmm. And I think if we went deeper into that, I mean, I really think that that goes back to early childhood feelings and things we've shared here on the podcast before. You know, it's it's feeling like maybe times when my parents were in utter chaos of their own and fighting back and forth and not being able to capture the attention of my parents, not being important enough. I, you know, at times felt like I could have been bleeding out on the floor and they wouldn't have noticed because they were so entrenched in their own chaos. And so when I lose you for a minute, it's sort of like the same sort of sensation of frustration and anger and feeling unimportant and feeling defensive. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening. I'm going to see if I can do a better job there. (laughs) Thank you. At least I understand it. But you don't have to, right? That's not the point. The point is this is for me to work on, but but I appreciate you listening and understanding. Okay, cool. So um, mine? Yeah, tell me one of yours. Okay. This is going to be a surprise, by the way, because he kept his secret ahead of time. So I get to be really curious right now what he's going to say. I have a couple of resources. I'm using um, our workbook, actually, because it has a whole lot of feelings in it that we use in our eight-week class, but... Um, so my trigger is when I feel excluded from, um, parental decisions. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that I know about that one. That's not a surprise, but uh, I feel like, um, I'm not listened to. I'm just quoting these out of our book. Um, my feelings get hurt. I get frustrated. Uh, uh I feel not calm. I feel like my, my opinions don't matter. And I feel a little bit disloyal. Hmm. Does that go deeper for you? I'm curious. I help I mean, me. I think it's, help I think me it's the same it. things that we've that we've talked about as well. Like again, I think when your when your childhood is 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 has some turmoil in it, mm-hmm. I think you just want to be heard, and you and you want to feel like you're. You know, you feel, you want to feel like your opinion matters. Mm-hmm. And for me, and we, we've talked about that um, when we processed the regrettable incident on this show before. Yeah. About how it's sort of important that that my feelings, or at least you know, I want to I want to feel like I, my feelings are important as opposed to not being important. And yeah. and so that's a thing for me. And I realize that that there's other things behind it, but that those I think that's really what it is for me. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Mm. Should we do one more? Um, sure. I have, you want me to do the other one while I'm on a roll? Yeah, go, go for it. I'm just curious. This is all a surprise. It's very similar to yours. Oh. Yeah. Um, so. I have an idea now what it might be. Go ahead. Do you? Okay. You have an idea. So oftentimes it's when we're driving in the car and I'm telling you a story. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh And, and I'll tell you something. And sometimes, and I I know you're not listening because you're looking at your phone. Hey, that's one of mine too. Yeah, I know you're not listening because you're looking at your phone, and so I'll just tell you something, and then um, you totally won't get it. Like, like it was just the other day. I'm like, and I dented my tailgate, which really irritates me. And we ended up getting all the way to the store and get out, <laughs> and um, 
And, and, and I said, wait, you dented your tailgate? And I'm like, yeah, I just told you that like six listening. minutes ago you weren't listening. Yeah. So I think probably sort of the same thing that you feel when right. when when I when I trance out or whatever it is, right? A lot of those same feelings, like it's not important, like the conversation we're having. And and so like I know how you feel because I, I sort of feel the same way. Yeah. 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 And phones. I mean, that's something we just all yeah, have to be better better at not being distracted by when we're having conversations. So perfect. How about that? Nope. <laughs> um, Using the show to fix your own marriage. Okay, I have one. I have one more. I have okay. one more. And I think it's when sometimes there's sometimes when I might ask you a question and it feels like you don't really give me an answer to a question. And it feels like maybe um, I'm I'm being dismissed or you're brushing off and not giving me an answer, you just kind of go about doing it rather than answering the question to it, maybe when we're doing a project or something. Mm -hmm. And that also brings back feelings of being unimportant um, or that I don't matter or that kind of leads into feeling stupid, like I'm not smart enough to be able to understand it. So that therefore you aren't bothering to try to explain it to me because I wouldn't quote, get it, right? And so that, that, that feeling of stu feeling stupid feeling, the one that makes my eyes flicker, that one sort of likes to like come out and haunt me a little bit when I feel like my question is dismissed. Did we think that's, is that the same as the other ones? Like I think it's pretty similar. Yeah. 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 It's the same one that was at the basketball right. court. Yeah. Right. So interesting note now that we're, so did you tell me everything you wanted to tell me about that? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I didn't want to, I didn't want to step off and change directions. Yeah. Interesting note, as soon as you first told me that trigger, I wanted to justify. Mm. I totally wanted to justify. I want to go, yeah, but what you don't understand is. Uh -huh. And so like, even even in this situation where we practice this back and forth, like my initial response was really just to justify. Yeah, I wanted to say, well, yeah, but what? But we don't understand. And that sort of brings us to this next piece, which is when you're the listener, don't judge. Right. Don't try to justify. Just listen and be present. Yep. And once you've identified your triggers, what's next? Well, we're going to need to talk about that on a later episode yeah, because that would just there. take us over time today. But what, spoiler alert, what it really comes down to first is the ability to be self-aware, which we just talked about, and then practice emotional regulation. And that can look like a lot of different things. It is for starters, it's not reacting impulsively like we would want to react. It means taking a breath before responding. It also means learning how to communicate that maybe you need a break from that yeah, conversation. Yeah, I need a half hour. Yeah. And I think it's also important to remind yourself, okay, this isn't him. Okay, this, I'm safe here. Mm -hmm. This isn't Robert that's triggering me. I'm not stuck in that seven-year-old little girl body. I'm here with this amazing man who loves me, who cares for me, who takes care of me, and I'm safe. And all I need to do is just breathe. So so it's a good reminder before we wrap up this episode that triggers are great for identifying areas where we still need to grow. Yeah. So if you're triggered, that's, that's great. Yeah. It may not be great in the moment, but it means that we can better understand ourselves so we can become the best, the best version of ourselves. Exactly. And Really, that's what marriage is all about. It's all about being the best version of ourselves mm -hmm. together because our partner is our greatest teacher. Absolutely. I love the quote by Carl Jung. He said, everything that irritates us about others 
can lead us to a better understanding of ourselves. So welcome to your marriage. Mm -hmm. You thought it was about spending time deeply in love with your partner, but what you didn't realize is that your marriage is your own masterclass in personal growth, emotional intelligence, and developing empathy. And by the way, this exercise we just did with you guys today is one of the many, many exercises that we do as part of our eight-week live coaching program, which we're currently now opening up another wait list for um, because we have a full group right now, but we're opening up a wait list for our next session, which should be starting in late July. So if you're interested in getting involved in that, go to our website. The link is in the show notes. It's MasterYourMarriagePodcast.com. And then you can just click on Apply for Coaching and send us a message there. So this week, your homework is to go talk about your triggers. We encourage you to make time. And maybe on your date night this weekend, talk about your triggers and learn something new and develop a better understanding of each other. And as always, we appreciate you. And we appreciate any ratings or reviews that you guys do on whatever platform you're listening on. It really does help more than you can imagine. It helps us to get our message out and to so we can provide these tools and resources to other couples. Remember, be kind, be gentle, love and take care of each other. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Master Your Marriage. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, then we want to hear from you. Just go to MasterYourMarriagePodcast.com and send us your question. Oh, and while you're there, you can also check out our retreats and events and even apply for coaching. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you get advanced notice of when the next episode drops, plus show notes and many extras. Thanks again for tuning in.